sha la 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 Hey, how the devil are you all? Just let me crank that down. How is everyone? Welcome back to the Gentleman's Talk. Your hostess with the mostess, because today I'm a hostess, because I fucking am a hostess. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I'm James Dean Littlejohn, it's me. It's how I do it, it's what I do. Um, I'm back in, I'm back in the role. Um, I'm just getting my everything set up nicely there. Yeah, how the devil are you? How have you been? How have you been? Have you been looking after yourself? Have you been looking after your mental health? Oh, fuck, that does go loud. I was waiting for it. I was waiting. That's what I was just a bit anxious about. I was like, I don't want to be gobbing off all day. You do enough of that, it is, mate. As it is. Anyway, there we go. That took way too long. I'm sorry about that. But, uh, you know, I like to get it set up. I feel you're with me. You're with me. You're you're enjoying the experience. You're, you're, you're being there when I set it all up. It's just the way, it's just the way I do it. I'm a little bit unique. Uh, most people are like, get your set up. No, no. Join me, join me, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So we can all <laughs> we can all fucking look like that together. Anyway, I'm a little bit hungover. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, had my had my good friend, my best friend, Kieran, over last night to the Clock and Balls and uh, the, the famous Clock and Balls, and and we we drank the night away. And um, yeah, I'm paying for it today. Um, something I'll talk about along the way. Just but if you sort of kind of you know, it's just my voice. Sometimes you know you can pull off a husky voice, uh, and we all like being pulled off every now and then. Uh, but <laughs> sometimes you can't. So I don't know how it's going to sound. It sounds a bit like gritty, uh, and sometimes that's a good thing. It depends on how deep you go, I suppose. Um, yeah, so anyway, I've got lots of, uh, literally an abundance of shit. I've got a plethora of stuff to talk about today. Really good mental health stuff. Um, and and what, what the title of it, as, as I'll talk about the title, I'll get back into the routine now. And the most important thing I've learned um, is the title, and this is what I want to talk about. There's some other stuff I'm going to talk about as well. Um, a, a PTSD uh, incident, shall we say, that's happened this week. And I think because I'm in a better place, um, I suppose, I'm going to say better place. Um, I'm looking after my mental health in a lot more positive way I'm doing and I and it's really is it's really you know I don't have I have bad days and and this is what this is going to talk about today is I can still have bad days and PTSD it doesn't go away I've got it permanently um because of how it was done and, and I and you've got to get to a point where you accept something like that you're like okay I've had a diagnosis whatever um but the, you know they've told me you've got this permanent buddy so um you know you're not going to get rid of it so you've <laughs> you've got to live with it and you've got to adapt it and sometimes you know you get chucked a curveball or you don't really plan um which is what I did in this case and and sometimes you can't always mitigate um, against that risk and there's a little health and safety fucking act, little health and safety snippet for you there um so yeah, you don't really know, and, and everything's everything's a juggle. Everything's a juggle. But do you know what I'm doing? Uh, with what I want to start with, really, is what's the most important thing I've learned so far. Now, I was ref I've been reflecting over that six weeks. I reflected heavily on previous podcasts. Um, you know, so oh, hold on, something's just gone a bit foof up there yeah there we go uh, and I've been reflecting in that six weeks I said I did a lot of reflecting and I've reflected back I'm very emotionally driven there's there's so much I'm learning about myself in this journey and so much that I'm actually learning about my environment how I react to things and I was reflecting even on um you know back on, on my past podcasts and it's really important that 
if anyone's listening out there, and, I, and I'm not saying this from a bad experience, but if anyone's listening, it, you know, these are things that I, I deal with as well. This is stuff that we all, everything in life can be interpreted by two different people. And I, I utilise a lot of my last couple of three years, I'd say, since I've been managing this the last two years has been so important in how I manage my mental health, how I manage myself. Um, and I'm learning so much because I am very much one of these people that I like to run before I can walk. And that's due to my mental health stuff. So there's not much I can do. And sometimes I speak and I speak emotionally, which is, a, a, again, it, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to manage. I'm very passionate about things and I can see things in different ways. And the reason I talk about the stuff that I deal with is, number one, it's, it's, it's a good thing to, to, for me. I like it to talk up, speak out. And also my friends often give me a lot of advice. Now, you could say, well, you're talking about stuff publicly. Well, no, because... These are all things that we all go through as human beings. These are all things that we need to talk about and, and things that we need to know are okay and things that, you know, everything's different. Everything's different and everything, everybody has a different journey. So for me, it's the whole talk about it, open up about it. And like I said, I've been heavily reflecting and I mean heavily reflecting on past podcasts, and I go, oh god, I may have like may have been uh, emotionally charged for that one, which I do. I, I I admit it. This is a this is a fundamental flaw. I am a very emotional talker, um, and and that does, and I've really got to manage that. And by managing my mental health as I've gone along, the one thing I've learned is the reflection side of things is really really empowering. Like it's so empowering to reflect back on. I mean. When I say empowering, I mean it's empowering for you because you really start to understand. You really start to, if you if you act all the time like I did for years and years and years, I would act and almost blank out. And I was reflect, I was even reflecting on previous um, uh, therapy sessions during the six weeks and just looking at past notes because I used to take notes afterwards to write my thoughts down. Um, and, I, and I was looking at past notes to try and decipher what they what they said. And I, they didn't say a lot, if I'm brutally honest, because they were just notes and lines and you don't you sometimes can forget the context. But I unpicked a few things. And, um, you know, I just learned that basically I would have an incident, an episode, if you like, where I would be angry, flare up, my PTSD, I'd let, it, I'd let my mental health win, and I would move on. And the, there was things I was talking about where, would you not feel any emotion? And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't feel any emotion at all. I, I was, and I was emotionless. And I think that for me now, I'm, I'm probably the opposite. Like I'm very, I get very attached to good, to good friends. I get very attached to situations and I'm very passionate about what I do. And because of that, sometimes that, that can be perceived by other people as maybe a negative. I mean, I, I've probably spoken on here about colleagues and I've said that that incident at the time affected me and it, and it will have done. And the thing is, the reason I'm in a better place, the reason I'm able to try and maintain my positivity now is because I reflect on all those occasions. I talk about them. I often get someone come back to me and go, that was a bit fucking, yeah, you're a bit harsh there, James. Or, yeah, no, no, that was justified. Or, yeah, maybe you took that, you know, you took what that person said in the wrong context. I wouldn't have taken it in that context. And then what it does is ultimately it helps me to understand more about myself and how I react. And the one thing I've learned in the, the most of all, the most empowering part for me, empowering is going to be a big word today, um, but the most empowering feeling I've had is in, in this last six months is, is just 
I suppose just when I reflect, the most imp- it's just learning everything, and it's the reflection and the one eighty, the one eighty report, and I, I call it, and. It's not even about the fitness because I'm not in a great place with fitness. I've not got a very big love for fitness at the moment. So I need to find other ways to kind of manage my mental health and see about reflecting and what works for me, what doesn't work for me. And reflection has absolutely changed my life. And I genuinely mean that because I reflect on everything. Um, I reflect on where I've come from in the sense of like, and I'm not talking about (laughs) my dad's sack. Um, No, I'm not that far back, mate. Um, I'm talking about, you know, I reflect back and I just, I look at where I've come from when I started this process, say, for instance, with my current company. We started two two years ago. How far have I come on? And and, and I've come on leaps and bounds. I don't, I try not to emotionally react now. I just try to say factuals. But I've learned so much and done loads of leadership stuff. The foundation's there. But I need to learn how to control emotions and and how I pe- how things I perceive because I'm quite a sensitive person, which you know not a lot of people like to admit, but I am. I'm quite a sensitive person, um, and you know that's why I take a lot of negativity. I take a negativity really, really harshly. Um, I don't mean to, but I am just a sensitive person because I don't really, I don't really, I've got a bad bone in my body. I know I have, but I don't like to use it. It's not common. It's not common practice for me to use it. Um, and even to the point where when I've lost all my shit now, when I don't mean my shit for my pants, but when I've got angry and lost my shit, it, I, I shake with because I'm not used to the adrenaline rush because I'm starting to, I'm trying to stay as chilled and relaxed as possible. So I'm, I'm just sort of kind of I'm just sort of, when I get it, the adrenaline rush is quite scary now. Whereas before when I was living in that fight or flight mode and I was in fight mode constantly. When I was in that mode for like seven to fucking nine years, I nothing gave me adrenaline. Nothing. I literally because I lived on adrenaline. My and I still I, I still get peaks of it. I still I still live with it now. But I'm so consciously trying to make sure that things don't annoy me. Um, I reflect on how I've been treated. Maybe that's been said. Maybe that's been said in the wrong wrong con- wrong context. But I also reflect on the positives. I reflect on evenings and all this, you know. And and when I say reflect, and I, and I say it in such gusto, some some vigor, because if you if you start reflecting on yourself and actually reflect on you know occasions, reflect on how you re- reacted. Number one, what is it you're doing? And what you're doing is you're recognizing that that's a situation that could have been either dealt with better or, you know. Yeah, it could have been dealt with better, or it's it's a positive, and you're trying to embed it into you. That's the only real time. But for me, it's like, what's the importance of reflection? Is reflecting on making sure that negative. How could it have gone better? Was it you? Was it the other person? Was it how you reacted? And it also, I mean, it sounds so difficult to do, but like I said, a, a three month learned habit, and I, and I've beat the drum about that. Do do douche. I've beat that drum about the learned habit. Three months. It's nat- natural for me to do it now. Even to the point where I'm starting to preempt. So I'm starting because I'm looking at my reflecting my body actions and how I feel tense, tight. You know, how do I react there? There's certain scenarios that I know if I go into those scenarios and I and I and I and I know if I go into big places now with lots of fucking people, I genuinely fucking get like I go into fight mode. And I don't mean I'm going to start beating fuck out of people. I mean, I mean the fight or flight. I go into fight. I start just everybody fucks me off. I just want to fucking get out the way, you know. And I and I hate I hate being around massive amounts of people. I probably say as well that is a, a, a reaction to the pandemic. Absolutely, I'm not blaming the pandemic fully, 
But since the pandemic and me working from home, I get loads done working from home. But now when I go to big cities and I go to, I was walking around Primark the other day, bit of fucking Primarnie. I was going around the, uh, and the fucking place within within five minutes. I'd walked across the floor plan to go up the stairs. I, I just fucking I, straight away. I was like, we need to get the fuck out of here now. And, and I even remember I was stood in the queue and I was like, she was talking about going to self-serve and I, and I said, oh, I didn't know there was bags around there. And this woman and this bloke said, about the same age as uh, me and, and Zogs, turned around and said, um, oh, yeah, you can go in there. They've got bags around the corner. I said, oh, yeah, I just, well, I'm stuck here now. I'm not going to go back around there, but thank you anyway. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I said, I need to get out of here. And the bloke was like, yeah, yeah, I do. I said, yeah, I, I want to kill people, mate. <laughs> and, but when I said it, I didn't mean I'm, I want to kill people, you know, but you were like, I'm, 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 I meant it as in, you know, I, I'm up. I'm uptight. I'm like fucking ready to throw down. Like if one more person bumps into me, I'm going to fucking chin him. Not kill him. You know what I mean? Chin him. <laughs> so, but that's the reaction to that. And I know that I've got, that's an overwhelming. So, but because I reflect on that, I try to avoid a lot of those situations. I'm oh, just going to take a sip of my council pop. Hold on. What's he say? Council pop? <laughs> Water. That's a fucking beautiful thing. That's, that's a term for the worst. You know you drank too much when you're on water the next evening. Um, that's bad. It was bad times. I did. I did drink way too much. Um, so yeah, so you know, it's, um, I reflect on everything. So you need to find something. And I think when you start also reflecting, not only does it, it help you embed the positives, it helps you to, um, also to look at the negatives and try and unpick them. And, and like you say, if it, it, the value in that is if you establish that it's you that's caused that issue, nine times out of 10, it was me. It was maybe the way I reacted. Um, you know, people are people are then look and go. You know, oh, that's it. So I go, okay. Well, you you need to now, James, reflect on yourself and make sure you don't do that again. So you're embedding a positive. Don't do that again because that's fucking out of order. If it was the other person, did you approach it differently? If they got to a point where there's nothing you can do and it was just that particular person because they were the fucking arsehole, um, yeah, you just turn around and the way you avoid that then is you don't go to that arsehole again because he fucks you off. And if there's someone else that, you know, if, if it's however, you know, it might be someone you bump into the street, might be a fucking friend, might be whatever. I talk about all these and if you're getting negativity from that person or whatever that is, don't do it. And this is what I talk about and that's a, that's a reflection point. And by doing that, you're embedding that positivity. And then when you have a positive scenario with that, you, you get the you get the also added ability of really reinforcing the positives for you. So it's just a win-win situation when you learn to reflect. And I think really for me, the reflection points are, is I know it's the way I think. I, I, I've even, th like I said, I've reflected back on previous podcasts where I've spoke about work occasions or this incident happened. And, and it's just the way you react. And it's the way I react. And I've learned that through reflection, reflection on or reflecting <laughs> on those things. And this is where I adapt and evolve. And this is where I, I talk about that development. And this is what I'm learning. So I'm becoming, you know, I'm, I'm not... I, the thing is, I, I know I still get those problems. But what I'm trying to do is work on them. So function functionality with people at work i need to get on with those people so they're my they're my hit they're my target and they're the ones i need to start learning to adapt with and be better myself i don't hate saying be better and, and develop myself so for me the development piece is there and it's all ingrained by having that reflection so i've found something that i that i enjoy it there's there's people out there that i know that have gone just you know started running 
and they're getting the endorphin rush, rush, they're losing weight, they're getting outside, they're getting absolutely everything. And that's what's helped their mental health. So it can come in different, in massive amounts of forms, taking a hobby, whatever it may be. Um, they all come with positives. And I think that once you find that whatever that is, that positive is, and that, that hobby, whatever it will be, when you start investing in that, you're going to get better mental health. So for me, I know 110% that I like, I like going for walks and I like reflecting. I like reflecting heavily on am I doing too much or am I not engaging with my friend enough, etc. Whatever, I reflect on every scenario now. And, and that for me is what I've learned. That is the most important thing I've learned. Irrelevant of fitness, irrelevant of anything else, reflecting heavily and and actually giving myself some criticism and not thinking I'm this fucking perfect person that's just walking around high heaven because I'm not I'm so far from perfect it's unbelievable there is honestly I, I and I'm not just saying that for the fucking look at me factor um I am so far from perfect it's unbelievable there's so much of a checkered history in my past that that I know that I am not perfect in any stretch of the imagination I am so so. I try to constantly reflect to make myself develop, to invest into uh, work and and conscious to keep the people in work that are friends close by and look after them. So I know I've got that safety network and I've got and I'm surrounded at the moment by fucking great colleagues and I and I genuinely mean that. I've got I've got um, a great a great leader at the top which is absolutely um of my chain not the chain the top of my chain absolutely fantastic bloke um or whatever it can it's not because it's a bloke but it's just absolutely fantastic he actually cares about the people what does that do with me well poor leadership is a real big bugbear for me because i it doesn't give me drive and doesn't give me ambition and it and i and i don't get that dopamine from that person if i haven't got a good leader somebody i feel should be better than me and that may come across, again, it may come across sounding arrogant, but it isn't. I need that person to show me what the next level's like. If I don't get that, and I don't get that, I just, I disengage. Because I'm like, well, you're not better than me. And I want something to aspire to. If you're not better than me, then who do I need to aspire to? And that's where I start getting negative, and that's where the competitive nature comes in and work. And what that also does is if that leader's fucking negative or, or is not inspiring me, I'll go to I'll go out my way to push him aside. And do I know this consciously? Am I being a wanker? No, I don't know it consciously, but through reflection of how I've treated all of my bosses and since I've let so I've always had an issue with all of my bosses and I I genuinely mean um irrelevant of having you know them as no one of my bosses was I'd known him for 20 how long was it? can't remember what it was 24 years i think it was yeah 24 years or something like that i would known him for and um i think it was about 24 years yeah so um I, i've never known him and basically he i was just trying to count through my head like the timeline you know from the 19 it was like 1996 97 like, yeah no, no, when i joined up and all that sort of stuff and um so i've known him that long a period but did i have any 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 ounce of um what's the word I'm trying to word it wasn't insubordination in that sense but did I have any respect is a word I'm looking for um did I have any respect for him no because he didn't know how to do my job but I could learn to do his job and I felt that why is somebody that doesn't know my job above me telling me what to do 
And that's where I got negative. And in the end, that fucking broke me down. And to the point where, if you look at all of the people that were in charge of me, are all out. All out the fucking window. Do you know why they're all out the window? Because they all left and went to, went to ask for more. But the people above knew that they had me in line and I was doing their job anyway. And I took it on and fucking learnt it and made it better and developed it. So that I, it was a win-win. I was just fucking pushing people out of the way. And I continue to do that, which is real... If they're if they're not if I don't feel that they should be there and I don't again it sounds arrogant but I don't mean it in an arrogant sense I just mean it as in like I want to I want that respect and anyway I, I digressed into a little thing but what I mean is I'm in a really good place and and again that works with reflection because I reflect on my colleagues and I go okay well maybe you know I need to oh, maybe I'm being a bit harsh maybe you know and I take a lot of considerations into factor maybe they're new in their role they don't quite know it yet and that's been apparent one of my one of my leaders you can tell he was a, a bit starstruck um and I would have been and because now he's starting to really engage and starting to show me and I start to respect him again um and I don't say I, I never I didn't disrespect him because he's he's turns out you know he's one of my good friends um but for me yeah, it, I, I needed to develop, I needed the, that bit to develop and it has been shown. And then I'm surrounded by really good colleagues. Now, why am I emphasising this? This is the importance of reflecting and making those relationships work. And that's what I've been doing, making the relationships that are around me work through reflection. How am I treating that person? Am I not treating that person enough? Am I giving that a person, you know, and that's because I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better colleague. Um, or develop myself and I, and I want to you know I want to show the skill sets and that's really 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 important really important and yeah so I've been like I say reflections that that absolutely fundamental bit and and I've even like so a little scenario that I had before I talk about my PTSD episode excuse me sorry the water the council pops playing havoc on my stomach um so it's saying Saturday night, mate. You're Saturday night. You're normally fucking gin deep. Um, anyway, stop because you'll digress. But uh, when I eat, uh, eat, uh, and when I talk about the before I talk about the PTSD, it's just like to give a, a mindset towards what that is. What I tend to do now is I re so again during that six week period, I reflected heavily back and, and and I reflect on my job and am I doing it right? What can I learn? And one of the things I've learned or, or understood is mental health has been massively incorporated into um in, into health and safety it's had to because you you can't just look at that person and go you caused an accident and nine times out of ten now when that person's caused an accident or done something silly it's almost always related to a mental health situation and it can be stress it can be finance problems it can be relationship problems it can be um you know lack of sleep maybe depression um illnesses that haven't been dealt with in previous PTSD episodes or maybe undiagnosed ADHD like me which is making you not sleep and you just go so all of these when you look at safety and this is the reason I'm chucking this in there because it's I think it's important and this is another reason why I love health and safety because health and safety just involves all of these key players all these key parts and every day is a different day and I've learned that in in this little investigation that I've been doing at work so and what and that's what I was reflecting on my investigation Friday I finished that off it was a long seven page investigation into uh, an incident and all where that long that incident everything came round to con uh, to a lack of communication 
and why were they not communicating? That was the key part. So then I needed to look into individuals. Why are they not communicating with such and such? Why are they not doing that? And, to, and it really to establish like a root cause, really, of, of why this is. So anyway, so I put that to bed and, and just dealt with that. And then I was reflecting on that investigation. And I thought about mental health. And I was like, oh, fucking yeah. So it's, and, and it is part of it. And it's something that I've never really linked to, say, for instance, my PTSD. So I reflected on my first ever accident and something I haven't done. I've never really looked back at it because the EMDR didn't prove positive. So whenever I tried to, you know, when I did the um, cognitive behavior therapy, the CBT therapy, the, the one thing I couldn't unlock, and this is why I failed on the EMDR, and by failure I mean um, it took me so fucking far into the incident that um, it was like it was fucking l real. It's if you ever look up EMDR, um, there's a famous case actually. Uh, I think I've spoke about it on one of my early podcasts. But there's this famous case where there's a um, somebody that was climbing a mountain and basically um, almost died on top of the mountain. Was freezing cold and and literally you know skin going blue. And then they managed to rescue him uh, and get him down. But he had PTSD. So they did this, this um, therapist did, uh, went back and did this EMDR, but did like visual EMDR at the, at the base of the mountain to try and sort of kind of get him to unpick the episode and look at the positives. And that's what EMDR was. They talk about the incident in your head. My head presses play, so to speak. And um, when you press play, you live the scenario, but your eyes are closed and fluttering. And they're tapping your hand. Um, I had the hand tap one. And... Um, I disassociated. That's the negative point. And and this famous case, the um, the climber at the bottom of the hill crashed to the floor. All of his skin went blue, like he he fully disassociated the PTSD, fully disassociated him at the bottom of this this mountain, and you know it was almost like he was living back there. His whole body went into that trauma, and that's the amazing. People don't understand how. I mean, we all know the brain's amazing, but genuinely if you ever look up emdr and speak about the negatives and the disassociation genuinely your mind is a fucking train wreck like i can i can relive the incidents because of the emdr because it, it, i lived it so harshly again it embedded ingrained in me i could go back to i could literally if i if i could draw properly i could draw the exact side of the car i know that on the floor there was a, a bowl of um a, a bowl of shepherd's pie that had been just come out of the oven that morning it was on slow cook overnight and that was for my fucking food for the week so you know i knew that was there i knew what was on the seat and i just knew everything i knew what car the color everything it's so so vivid so embedded ingrained and that's the problem my my body won't unlock it it, it just does it just wants to fucking ignore you it's a, and that's why it's permanent so there's a little explanation for you there and um anyway so, yeah, so I, I sort of kind of relived it and, um, you know, and that's the that's the problem is um, when you reflect, I've been scared to reflect back. But the one thing I did notice was, you know, this woman, the woman I, that I blame, the first one, she, you know, overtaking the uh, fully laden car on the crest of a hill um, on a blind corner, fully overtaking, a, sorry, a, a fully laden fuel lorry um, with fucking no with banks on the, each side nowhere to fucking literally nowhere to fucking go um and it was just before christmas and it, it was actually her last day so, sorry her last week in work now one of the things i've been talking about or, or reflecting with this time of year 
fucking all the knobheads. Have you noticed how when you start this, the dark weather starts coming out, all the knobheads come out, or or and I put a little spin on this. Maybe the people that are out there are, are nervous, stressed, and strained. Don't like the like the way I act now in a car is horrendous, and we don't know if they've had other accidents and carried on. There's there's, there's so much background to those people that we never really look at. We just all we look at is she crashed on the corner. She fucking caused it, you know. Um, this is basically how this a, a short scenario of it. Fucking accident, bosh, caused it, nearly fucking killed me. Um, got out of the car and all that fucking jazz, and and went back to fucking work pretty much straight away. And um, yeah, basically that, and then it went through the insurance, uh, new car, crack on, back to lo- you know, not back to normal. And what didn't I have? I didn't have any assessments, no mental health assessments, and that's what actually developed me to have severe depression because i was undiagnosed ptsd so i wasn't taking any medication i i wasn't seeking therapy i didn't know what it fucking was because i i had no fucking clue and because it was completely undiagnosed it developed into fucking depression major depression then i was having depressive manic depressive episodes uh suicide attempts do you see where how this snowballed out of fucking control from one thing of not being dealt with in my mental health. But all the way along that journey, I was going to work every fucking day. I never not worked. I literally just boshed straight in. I was driving a car, a fucking bomb around. I was going around for the first fucking four years, if you reflect back quite heavily, and something I'd spoke about to, to raise awareness of what I was like. I was driving, driving around like a fucking angry ball of fucking metal. Because I just wanted to fight everyone because I had major PTSD driving around like an absolute cockwomble. Like I said, I was, I was laughing, but I never truly reflected on it when I chased that guy for fucking 45 miles for undertaking me and brake checking me. Punching the fucking living shit out of his fucking side window. And it never went through, obviously, because <laughs> I never got hold of him. But you see, like... When you reflect, you can laugh. You think, fucking hell, mate, that's a bit fucking crazy. But when you actually reflect, and this is the learned habit, this is the beauty of having something that's helping change my life, is that reflection. When you reflect back on that, what, you know, all the way along there, what, how's my, my actions have changed because I've not looked after myself. I'm an angry person. No one wants to be around me. And I'm still driving around, and I'm fucking driving around lethal as fuck because I don't like driving, and 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 I'm still driving at night. I'm still driving in the rain, all conditions, because I was still going the exact same journey, all the way through, all the way through this. All three accidents are on the same fucking route that I have to take to go to work, and I was going along those fucking roads. I mean, at one stage, and this is what I said from a therapist, for the first six months, I had major fucking flashbacks. I would drive past the fucking bridge and I would just be fucking, I would be hoovering up a scent of um, the TNT from the airbags. It would almost, it was so fucking surreal. Conditions would change visually for me. It was absolutely horrendous. Now, I've never described that to people, but that's what I was doing. And it's not until you actually reflect back and go, fuck me, mate. You've lived through some shit. And you've had to still go and get, it's like getting this, oh, you fall off the horse just to get back on the horse. And that's what I did and did the same journey. Now, I was going to work angry. Well, of course I'm fucking angry. I'm not looking after my mental health. I'm not managing it. I'm not doing anything with it. I'm just fucking rock flying by the seat of my pants here. No wonder people are getting fucking swapped left, right and fucking centre. 
And then and that's it. It, 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 it. This is the problem. And then even to, to dive even more into this reflection process and try and understand what if she was going through stuff, or what if she was just one of those dickhead drivers but doesn't like driving in the in the um in, or, or one of those dickhead drivers or doesn't like driving in the in the night conditions and rain because it was rain. All of mine have been November December, so they were all in. Do you see? And again, I tie in health and safety where I look at things like root causes. All of my cars were in um, November and December, late November and early to mid-December. Well, what's happening there? What are we doing as British people? Everyone's fucking tired. We've been living... I mean, this year will be horrendous because we've had fucking three days of sun. That's it. And then we're going into a fucking really harsh winter. So what's everyone going to be like? We, we all get fucking threaders. And we all go like, you know... Why are we like this? Because we're on the road. We're fucked off with driving. The conditions are shit because it's getting fucking... It's dark till 8 o'clock in the morning and it starts getting dark at fucking 4 o'clock at night. So you just live... So we've all got that symptoms of lack of vitamin D in this country and we don't put all of those. So maybe she was one of those. Maybe she didn't want to be in that condition. And she would, she, she clearly... There was something wrong because she was overtaking a fully laden fuel lorry on a on a blind corner on the crest of a hill and i'm at the bottom of the hill so where are my fucking lights put down they're not facing upwards because i'm not at the crest i'm near the bottom and so she's not fit seeing the full lights they'll look almost dim and she'll be coming over and fucking blinding the shit out of everyone because she'll have high beam on probably or she'll have fucking lights but she'll be on the crest of the hill so she's shining up more and it was just that was it bosh fucking done so we need to reflect on that. And what's she been like since? You know, has she developed PTSD and never been seen? Because she's been part of that. She thought I was dead. She genuinely thought I was dead. She was like, There's, the truck driver came out and he saw me. And um, I remember the truck driver, a big fucking burly guy, big truck driver, driving fuel. Fucking bawled his eyes out when he saw me. Because I opened the door. And he went, he fucking cried his eyes out. He said, the woman's in the uh, thing, she's a nurse. She was a nurse as well. And he said, she's, she's in my truck, she doesn't want to come over. She thinks, she, she, she genuinely thinks you're dead. And there's no way you should have fucking survived that. And he said, I thought you were dead. I just heard the clunk, 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 and you spat out the back. And he was fucking bawling his eyes out. And I was like, what's going on, mate? <laughs> you know, and, and that's, you know, that's so... Has he been dealt with for PTSD? Do you see how this this one incident, right, has caused... I mean, my mum and dad come up, and my dad would have seen his my car in a fucking train wreck, and he would have seen his son in the back of an ambulance, and he would have seen the carnage. Has he been dealt with for PTSD? Now, why do we assume he doesn't need to be... But he's seen his son nearly die. A nurse thought I was dead, and a fucking truck driver fucking thought I was dead, and he's the one that came to check on me. So he was the one that was trying to prepare himself up mentally to fucking deal with me. But do you see how mental health, if we don't manage it, it just fucking, it will, get, it will go out of control. And then what if he, that truck driver, never drives again? And then he's he doesn't want to fucking drive now. And he's quit his job and he's lost all his fucking money and he's not being looked after by the NHS because the NHS is a fucking pile of shit for a, um, fucking any diagnosis. Two and a half years now, they're saying, for a diagnosis. Two and a half years, you're, you're expected to deal with mental health. And we all know, and I know fucking hand on heart after those fucking three suicide attempts, with the world supposedly around me, because I've been in a lot better places, or a lot of, uh, I'm in a better situation than most people, but it, that doesn't matter what, what, you, what, what that situation looks like. 
because there's so much more going on. And even when I talk about this, and I yes, I do talk about people openly and honestly, because I think it's important. If that person's upset me, it's that reflection. And, that, and by talking about it, again, it's a, it's a process for me to ingrain, ingrain it in me. And that's where I want to become a better leader, a better friend, a better son, better husband, better father. All of these, and I did put better in front of it, because I do want to be better. Because I've spent years and years and years being a sad motherfucking idiot. And yes, I'm dealing with the fallout still. I still get anxiety about going places. And people think, well, you can't have anxiety. James, you like, you're doing this podcast. It's a, it's, a, it's a medium I enjoy. It's even when I do the, like, we do the buzz session calls. And everyone's like, oh, you like talking on them. Yeah, because I don't feel, I don't care if anyone's there. You're asking me to talk about a subject that I'm passionate about. And I don't need to stutter and stammer. I don't need to, um, you know, sort of slow myself down because it's like this podcast. I'm just talking about something I'm passionate about. I have no skill set in, in mental health other than my own experiences. But these are all experiences that maybe and I think are relatable to other people. And I think if I can talk about that. So that's why I enjoy the process, because I'm talking about mental health and saying so many people can be affected by it. So many people, and I think most adults, if not all, unless you know you're completely and utterly fucking vertical, um, and you know you've been or you've been smoking fucking marijuana since you were fucking born. Um, I don't. I think everyone will still suffer. And and so it's like, I don't know. It, it, if you find something you're passionate about, it's easier, isn't it? It's like the buzz calls. I talk about on my on my work calls about asbestos. Now it's my job. I live it day in, day out. I know asbestos like the back of my hand. I've done it for almost two years. And I know it right down to the fucking nitty gritty. So for me, it's easy to talk about the process because I've learned it. And by passing that on, the other passion for me is upskilling people. And, and I love working with people to make them fucking develop them. So it's a real passion to me. It's why I know I'm a good leader. Because I enjoy making people see the potential in themselves. And pushing their boundaries. It's something I enjoy doing. It's, I've done it in all of the, the things I enjoy. So it's like this upskill I'm saying to you. Like fucking go out and reflect. Do something that's going to make you happy. Adopt swimming. Go and fucking start swimming. Go start running or jogging or getting out and about. Get a club. Do whatever you need to do. Start managing your mental health. You need to take ownership of that. And you need to have that accountability as well because you're accountable for your own actions. We all know that and I've, and I've told you that time and time again. You are accountable for your own actions. You've got to find a way of unpicking the negatives and the positives out of your life because we all have them. The grass is always supposedly greener on the other side. It never fucking is. It's not greener on the other side. You're just moving your problems aside. Deal with them in the rough and I relate it probably to my lawn because I fucking love my lawn. As you know, it's a big part of my life. <laughs> it sounds sad, but it is. Um, but, you know, you treat your life. Stay, stay where you are. And instead of moving to the fucking grass on the other side, which is never going to be greener. It's never. Okay. I've been there. I've got the T-shirt. It's not greener on the other side. It really isn't. So stay on the side you're on and fucking nurture it. Scarify it fucking aerate it fucking seed it and feed it and just keep doing that look at the problems you've got everywhere you find a fucking weed in your grass in your lovely fucking lush grass 
that's a nice little talk talk topic here everywhere you find a little fucking bit of that you know that that fucking daisy starting coming up you know the old uh the old weed kicks out like a couple of fucking leaves you know or a few leaves pull them out that's your that's that's your negative negativity in your life there you go that one friend over there yeah he's a fucking absolute cockwomble i've had a fucking enough of him you pull him out and what you do is you fucking sprinkle a little bit of topsoil on it and a couple of seeds get that fucker fresh mate get that fucker fresh get it get it up nice and fucking fresh that's what it's about nurture the path the path you're on you don't need to jump to a new path because you think that path's going to be better it looks brighter over there you you make your side bright mate fucking work on it don't try and hide your fucking problems deal with your problems head on it's why i'm open it's why i'm honest it's why i i talk openly because if i'm doing something wrong fucking tell me and i will make sure i don't do it again i'm not a thick fucking idiot i do know but i don't i don't know unless you've told me i've done something if i've upset you or offended you you i won't know until you tell me and again i deal with my mental health and i'm going to break into a little bit what i'm talking about by ptsd and why i say it's permanent let me take a sip before I take into the next fucking session. Got some great tunes on the background as well. Tin in my head and the gleam in my eye. Lovely tune, great tune. Gangsters Paradise, baby! Um, yeah, so I want to talk about PTSD. What episode are you talking about? Well, this is the whole process. I've harped on about, um, you know, reflection and the importance of it. And I reflected on an incident that happened. So we were going to uh, Michael McIntyre. On the Wednesday, my wife had bought me tickets for Michael McIntyre for my birthday. I completely forgot about it. Now, the reason we I, I forgot about it, and, and rightly so, is um, my missus has told me now, she's, and I asked her this because this was part of my reflection. So I said to her, I said, um, you know, you, didn't, you only told me two days before. And I was like, you know, why, why, have, you done, why have you told me two days before, reminded me two days before? Because I was doing other things, and I'd booked a site visit, and she went, oh, don't forget, we're going to see Mac Michael McIntyre on Wednesday. And I was like, oh, okay then. And she, I said, um, so afterwards, I was reflecting on the incident, but what I'm going to do is, you'll get it all as a full picture in a minute. So I was reflecting on the incident, and I said to her, you know, why did you, why did you wait two days? Tell me. And why, you know, where's the build-up? And she said, James, if I'd have built you up, and I'd have told you we were going. Don't forget, we've got Michael McIntyre next month. She said you would have just got anxiety about it. Because I knew you were going to a place with lots of fucking people in really uncomfortable chairs. You've got a horrendous back. And I knew for a fact that you would have come up with any excuse not to go. And I wanted you to go. And I went, oh. And then, you know, we forward in. And so I went. And I was like, that, that's, that's weird that... Uh, my wife has managed to, and this is the development piece. And I said to her, well, you know, why have you done that? She said, well, I've learned over time. If we pre-plan stuff, that's not how you work. If you pre-plan, you've got to build up to make sure. So it's like I pre-planned a buzz call, for instance, for next week. I've, I've had to plan and build my own presentation because I want it to be perfect. So I need that plan. If it's not perfect on the day and it's been ratified by three people, so I feel really confident in it. And... For me, I'm like, that's the whole purpose of it. So, you know, it's uh, that's the build-up. But what ha often happens is I get stressed. It's like when I went on holiday. I got really fucking stressed with holiday, when I went with Key. And she's developed a piece to go, no, I bought it for you. I've told you that's what you got for your birthday, so you were excited about it. I knew you would stress and come up with excuses. Two days before, I went, don't forget we got that. In fact, she told me Monday night. She said, oh, don't forget we got Michael McIntyre on Wednesday. I was like, oh, fuck, all right then. Yeah, yeah. And I never really gave it a thought because I was busy at work. And then we went. 
and I had an absolutely fucking amazing time. Did my back hurt? Yes. Really did. did. Those seats were fucking god-awful. Um, I, I need to lose a bit more weight. I need to keep going. Stick fucking to it, James. Um, but I really enjoyed myself. I really did. We had a great laugh, and, and it was hysterical to see my wife um, hysterically laughing, crying with laughter. I mean, genuinely crying with laughter. It was a fantastic. And and that's where we're trying to develop ourselves. Now the kids are old enough and they, we don't really see them much. It's just us. So we do need to do these things. And it was an absolute blast. I had a pint. We had a, I had a pint and a hot dog. She had a Pepsi. She was driving. And um, a Pepsi and a hot dog. And anyway, so we went in. Had And this is where the PTSD starts creeping, which is a bit of a thing. So I still had a bit of anxiety. But it, the conversation was really kept quiet. Because when I get anxiety, I start getting argumentative. I become a, another cockwomble. Another little learning point here that I've got to take on board. And I know that because when I get anxiety about going. So I did have a bit of anxiety on the way up. She didn't even talk about it during the day. She just fucking went completely silent about it and didn't didn't pick the topic up, knowing that if she spoke about the topic, she just said, we're going, that's it. If we just spoke about the topic, I would have argued. I would have got anxiety. Oh, God, fucking hell, I need this. Oh, they better have fucking good food there. Oh, what's oh, what those fucking... But in, in interval, you know, how long is this going to be? Two hours? And that's... And do you know what? I started doing that. And then my missus just went, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry. So she, she literally switched off and completely... De-escalated any situation that I would have normally flared up with, so I took that as a really positive point. That it's and knowing it's me, I do know it's me, um, but it's a good reflection point. So we went, we had a great time, absolutely fucking fantastic. Actually, it's coming out. It's called Magnificent. I'm not. He's not paying me, so fucking. <laughs> so don't worry about it. But it's a good watch. It really is. Uh, we they recorded it live um, at the Bic in in Bournemouth. That's where we went, and we, it was his first ep, the first episode or the first tickets to his um, first uh, season, so his first new season. So um, <clears throat> I know he's a bit like Marmite, bit of a love-hate bad boy, but he's, yeah, it was, it was hysterical. He was talking about some really relatable stuff. And now his kids are a bit older. Um, he's talking about, again, relatable stuff to me and, and you know, kids and stuff like that. So he's, it's, it's worth a watch. Anyway, enough of that fucking plugger. Um, so we came out. Anyways, as we came out, we noticed it was pissing down the rain. Now, we're on the third floor of a multi-story car park. We need to get out. There's loads of fucking traffic. I'm not driving because... Uh, the wife's driving, so she was like, I was like, I was going to take over, but she was like, no, because you'll just get aggressive. And anyway, and I knew all this, and then I knew the rain, and I knew we were going on back roads. My anxiety level went from fucking hypersensitive right up to fucking, well, it went to Mac fucking 400. It was lit. I, I was in, and I was going, you need to let me fucking drive. You're fucking driving appalling. Why are you doing fucking foot? So, and this is where the PTSD crept, uh, crept in. And part of my reflection process with what I'm about to tell you how the event went or how the evening went. Um, part of the reflection process has is, is made me understand how negative it is to be in a car with me. And I mean negative. So it's like, I really, I, I need to work hard, really hard on developing that because the way I was on Wednesday, bearing in mind, we're going along on the fucking motorway. It's, it's fucking thick rain. There's hardly any lights. It's not a, a, a full lit motorway. It's one of those dim lit ones. And we were going all the back roads down the back through fucking um, Ferndale, not Ferndale, um, Fordingbridge and all that sort of stuff, if you look it up. And it's all nasty back roads, little villages, just, just fucking pitch black, mate. And um, we were going along and I'm going to a, you know, what are you doing fucking overtake? Put your fucking indicator on. So all of that anxiety I, I had, a fucking sm I was smashing onto her. I was like, why are you in this fucking gear? Get out, you're in fucking third, fourth. So her anxiety 
had gone through the fucking roof because she, I, she, instead of just letting her drive and switch off and just literally, like, I don't know, led back. I should have really led back because my back was killing. But instead of doing all that, I didn't. I went into full fight mode and I was fucking... So I completely and utterly almost ruined the evening. And I say almost because, I, you know, I did get back and massively apologise. When she said, you put me on it, she, I said, oh, I, I didn't feel comfortable. And I didn't feel comf- confident with her. That's what it was. I said, I just didn't feel confident with you driving those facility- in this, this this environment. And I wanted to drive because I didn't want you to feel safe. I wanted you to feel safe. And that would have made me happy because I'm a protector. protector. I, I like to protect people. She was like, no, but you would have driven like a fucking idiot because you don't like these conditions. And you, you would have then got fucking even angrier because you would have been driving in the conditions. But what you did was you made me feel fucking stressed. So I'm fucking white knuckle fucking the steering wheel. And you're fucking going why are you going around this corner at fucking 40 mile an hour because well, it's raining and pitch black you fucking penis is what she wanted to say and she didn't she just took it and then and we got back in and i went james you're an absolute wanker and it, what i did so i came in and I, it took me an hour and a half to calm down from getting in we didn't talk straight in straight up to bed and I went outside, and I was just sat in the clock and balls, and um, and I was just sat there, and I was, I had a drink, and I just went uh, of, of juice, by the way, not alcohol, because it was late, um, and I just sat there for an hour and a half in silence, reflecting on that whole situation, straight away needed to, and I acknowledged in all of that, I was again the fucking negative person. And it's mental health. It's a motherfucker. It really fucking is. And even though I talk about this and I fucking talk about it all the time, I still make massive slip ups because the PTSD is a fuck. It's horrendous. I can't explain. I really can't explain how the feeling of PTSD when you go into fight mode. The only way I can describe it is it's just like a massive adrenaline. It's such a big adrenaline, like to the point where. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Um, so, if you remember the film, uh, I think it's Final Destination. And the reason I'm talking about this is it's not pertinent to the, me crashing. Um, but if you watch Final Destination, it gives you a warning every now and then. And it used to go like, womp, 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 or something like that, make a noise like that. And then you would see a luminous lights, uh, uh, you know, warning you. So, that, that, that vision and that noise is what I would describe my PTSD like. So when I get in the car, like I was in a car with my colleague, actually, and she was driving and um, she, she brakes quite late and she goes through the back roads quite quick. Um, and there's a couple of scenarios where I fucking genuinely shit myself. And it, because of the PTSD, because of the fu- how stressed I can get, this was my colleague. I was like, I can't fucking argue with her and tell her she's a bad driver because... She's a, a a very um, strong-willed woman. She's uh, very, you know she's 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 absolutely fantastic. All of as I say all of the team members are, but um, you know she's a little bit more. Uh, I think what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, driving women's rights and all that. She's very, you know one of those in a good way, in a positive way. So, so she doesn't want people to tell her she's bad at something because you know she she you know she's a woman, a strong woman. <laughs> so anyway, I'm gonna fucking go off on a tangent. Sound like a right dickhead here. Um, but anyway, so. But I didn't want to shout her because I knew I'd have got a fucking bollocking back. And I I already know that if I'd have got a bollocking back, I would have fucking, it would have flared right up. And it probably would have just enrolled into me fucking shouting or something. I don't know. It would have just been, and it probably would have ruined the fucking day. And I was like, fuck, but the, but the PTSD was fucking mental. And then when I came back, I had to have a fucking snooze. And now it's not because she's a bad driver. I genuinely not bad driver at all. Um, but what I mean is... <clears throat> 
the slightly later braking than me feels more anxious because I don't know how she drives and I don't and it's that whole confident ability and feeling safe. I know I felt safe, but it just fucking escalates. It just it's it's bonkers shit. So I can't really it, it, that's so imagine that feeling warm warm and the and the neon lights when I'm driving in those conditions at night, even though this is fucking nine whatever eight eight years on, whatever it is. I still get massive hypersensitivity and all the lights just seem fucking bright and detailed and the rain is fucking, it's almost like the rain in in Equalizer. Um, Is it Equalizer or is it, oh God, the other one, uh, John Wick, where he's walking in the rain and and the lights and you can see the rain like show up like 3D. It's just because it's fucking pinging through. You can actually, it slows everything down. And that's pretty much the only way I can really describe PTSD for me you know there's other people that have you know like say it depends on what your PTSD is but for me so that's like that's crippling because that's a that, number one you live in Britain which is a fucking shithole 70% of the shithole fucking um, winter it's like fucking pissing down a rain for 70% of the whole fucking year so that 70% you've, you've got hypersensitivity and PTSD your job's remote um, hybrid working, so you're, you've got to be out and about on the road. So you just you, you, you're battling these challenges all the fucking time. And what I learned today was, or what I learned the other day was, it, <clears throat> in the reflection process, was how I made my wife feel, which was fucking awful. So what that did was that spurred me on to go really need to fucking sort yourself out. And again, this list of what things to work out and sort out it just gets longer. It gets fucking longer, so sometimes you do need to decompress. Sometimes you do need to actually take a moment out and reflect on previous and make sure, Christ, have I done everything right? You know, am I, am I getting the tick box here? Am I managing myself properly? That's the importance of it, of, this, of, of everything you do. That reflection bit is really, if you want to develop yourself, that's the only, I, I can't see, unless, you know, challenge me. I'm, I, please do, I'd love to know a different way, but the reflection on yourself is so pertinent to your recovery. It it should be. It should. It literally should be at such a key point. And if anything, if I knew, if I could go back two years, I would start that process now, straight away, rather than stumbling along. You know, like two years later. So it's it's a key part. And like I said, you, we're, we're I'm a human being. I make mistakes daily. I talk about people, and not in a negative sense, but I do misinterpret a lot of what people tell me because I'm an emotional person and nobody really if you if you send me an email that is quite stern and quite abrupt if you like but you want just the facts I find that really hard because I don't get that I get that disassociation and that I get disconnected because you've you've not spoke to me I don't know really because it's going to sound really fucking stupid by saying that but I don't know, it's just because I'm quite a friendly person. I, I go against the grain in the sense I just want, you know, I like to fluff things up. I like to give the details. I didn't break it all down. So anyway, and that's it. but that's the, that's, the, that's the development point for me. That's what I'm trying to develop on, is the fact that I'm, I need to learn to not be like that. And I am. I'm, I'm getting more direct, but more direct in a professional manner, not an emotional manner. I'm removing emotion from a lot of the processes. So I'm trying to harden myself up, if you say, wee, everyone else are fucking being hardened up, mate. <laughs> That's it, lower the tone, wanker. Anyway, um, so for me, yeah, it's an important process, it really is. And that's why I like talking, because I need to understand. 
it's not until you sit there and, and I'm, I can be quite negative. I, it takes me a long time to let people into my inner circle, which is another negative. But at the same time, I think it's a positive. It, the positives outweigh the negatives because by doing it that way, you don't let the wrong people back in. And it's like it's like I, my colleague, another a colleague of mine, spoke to um, her on Friday, and she's an absolutely amazing lady, and uh, she's been through the fucking battles herself, and and probably never had therapy, and and I was and I was you know and I was sort of going, I said to her the other day, I was like fucking hell, you've been through the fucking battles, haven't you? And still going through them, you know, still dealing with her own problems, and she still got coming to work and grind through. And I said to her, you know, if you ever need to talk, you know, let me know. And she said, well, if, if you ever need to talk as well, you know, well, she, actually, she said it first. So I will give her that. She said, if you ever need to talk, I'm here. And she said, but you, you probably but you probably got en enough support. And I went, you can never have enough support, not from nice, amazing people. And I really appreciate that. So that was that was a way of um, articulating, letting her into the inner circle. And I don't mean that's like a sacred thing. Because um, it's not. It's not a sacred thing. It, it, what I mean is my inner circle as in the people I'll start caring for. Now, when you're in that inner circle, you become very close to me because that's where I feel safest. And um, it's it's a really important to get in and, and, and manage that. So anyway, I'm going to fucking dribble on there anyway, actually. So I've, I've actually spoke to you for fucking ages. So it was just a little Saturday night fever, you know. So um, I'm probably going to close it up there, actually. Um, so, yeah, so learn what's learns. You need to learn what is right for you. Um, and like I said, you know, give people considerations because you don't know how their mental health. Like I said, ADHD is fucking bad enough. It really fucking is. And I still still genuinely think there's probably elements of autism in it as well. I know we've all got it. Um, so, but when you're dealing with that ADHD and PTSD, and a PTSD shouldn't really be there because, you know, I should have fucking dealt with it. And um, in the sense of, well, he's blaming myself, you don't need to, but PTSD is there. It's, there's nothing you can do about it. You can just manage it. Um, but you need, to, you need to acknowledge the negatives and really work on them. Um, so for me, it's kind of like, yeah, anyway. I'm gonna. I was gonna go back on a tangent about PTSD then. <laughs> um, no, but it's it, like you say, it's it's brilliant. I've loved it. I've absolutely loved this. Just make sure that you know you, you're always working on yourself. You're always developing. Um, you know, you've got to look at what upsets you. Try and remove those triggers. Try and take away those negatives. That's a really important process. And that again, that can be incorporated so easy with just reflecting, because if you reflect properly, you'll understand what your triggers are. And you'll avoid those triggers. So that's the PTSD. So I know I can mitigate some of my triggers by getting in a car, driving in a safe, in a safe, comfortable car. I used to love my Audi A6. It was the it was the heaven of the car. Um, and when I get myself reinstated financially and and get myself hopefully promoted, fingers crossed, um, I get myself to that point. Um, I will treat myself to another safe car. Because the car we got is is safe. It's a good car, but it's I don't like it because it's a it's a little car. I like to feel like I'm driving around in a bit of a tank. It makes me feel safe and calms everything down. Especially if you've got nice big leather seats and you know uh, heated seats and all that jazz, so your back feels nice and comfortable. And that's what I had in the old Audi. It was an old one, but she was a good girl. So um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that. And, that, and that's what we need to do. You need to reflect and mitigate. And if someone is annoying you, remove them from your life if you have to. It does. And do you know what? Uh, even if it's fucking family, I mean, just you've just got to cut these fuckers off, mate. If they're negative and they're really, really down, it's like sometimes. And I say fuckers, you know, but you take them out and let them appreciate you 
again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because we all get into that kind of, you know, it's a bit of snow blind. You know, everything just looks normal and the same. You don't realise. But when you push those people away for a bit, if they come back with more positivity, brilliant. You've, you've done something. You've shown them the fact that you're not bothered. You don't really need them to succeed. Um, however, you know, yeah, you were a good part of it. You need to buck your ideas up. Um, if they're being negative towards you. And this is that constant in that constant development, that constant reflecting, you know, and then once you start getting to a happy place, what will automatically fall in place is the other things, the good healthy diets, the healthy walking. You've got to give yourself that kickstart you need. Once you get that kickstart, and that's where, you know, I, this is a long journey. I, you know, I must admit, I've been talking on this podcast, took my first break for six weeks, and I've been doing this journey for almost two years, and it's helped me no end. And even the fact I've never listened to my podcast, I've never listened to one back. But what I do is I've got a very good memory. So I remember most of the, the key parts because I spoke openly about stuff. So I, 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 I work now on reflecting on those. And that's that development skill. I'm developing the skill set of, of reflecting to make it an everyday part of my life. So I reflect on everything. Do I need to be at that fucking meeting? Reflect. No, I don't. Fuck off. Never doing that again. Should I be at that meeting? Yes, I should. Reflect. Don't miss. You know, and, and this is where you can say, you can put, you can label reflection, whatever, on, you know, but that's what I mean is the development in that. I've been doing it for such a long time and really hard so over the last six months. And because of that, I'm, I'm actually improving myself. I'm improving who I engage with. I'm giving as much as I get, etc. So I'm not putting in too much. If that person doesn't give back, because you can give too much of your time to people that don't deserve it fully, and that's the important part. If you go, if you keep giving your time up, and that person isn't responding to you, then you're not getting out what you're putting in. And, I, and I, that's a little reminder to make sure you do. And and if someone's putting extra effort in and you're ignoring it. Then don't be expect don't be don't be disappointed when they do fucking cut you off, and also if you notice that, fucking kick yourself up the arse and fucking start engaging again. Start getting that going. Time's way too short. You can fucking lose you lose so much time. I was reflecting with my dad today. We were chatting. We were building up a fence. I was hungover as fuck. But we were talking today about um, reflecting, and my dad was saying like he's he's sixty nine this year. He just said I don't know where my fucking life's gone, son. He said, it's like, it's like literally yesterday, it felt like I left the army in my 40s. And he said, now I'm fucking 69 and, you know, I almost feel like I'm putting a, a life date on me. Eight years. <laughs> I was like, fucking hell, dad. You know, but the, the fact is, that's his mental health hang up right now. And he's talking about it because it's the reality. And they say that... You're born twice in life. People don't realise this. But you're born twice in life. You're born when you're first born. And you're born when you realise that you don't have long left or you don't have long in this world. That's when you're really born. When you finally sit down and discover that you're not here for fucking thousands of years. You're here for a very short period of time. And if you're going to waste your short period of time on fucking shutting yourself away or ignoring other people or hanging around negative people that are just giving you nothing in life staying in relationships if you've worked on them tirelessly all this is all caveated with what i said earlier when i talk about the old uh, nurture in the grass you know once you've aerated it and you've seeded it you know that's where we, we look at that but it's so it's so so important to make sure that you manage it properly and everything just kicks in 
it kicks in nicely. So, you know, but once you've pushed all those things away and you've pulled those fucking weeds out and you've got that lush green around you, just remember that you don't have long on this on this time. And I'm not trying to be somber in any way, shape or form. I'm just trying to smash you in the face with a tuna fucking steak of reality. And for me, that's what it's, that's the, the reality of it is. And you've got to enjoy it. And, and that means having the right people around you. Why would you... Why, I went into work the other day and, they, and my bo- one of my bosses indirectly said that I needed to engage with this person. And I needed to fucking work with him. And, and I was no, I don't. He's a really negative person, mate. I don't, he, he has no bearing in my fucking life. I do not want to talk to him. He is a waste of fucking space. So, no, I'm not going to waste my very short period of time being angry in fucking work life and, and spending where I spend most of my time hanging around with fucking Muppets. I'm not going to do it. I don't give a fuck what you say, mate. That's not my big... That's not my fucking deal, mate. It's not. That's not my team, you know? I don't give a fuck what you say. And now, and that's because I'm looking after my own mental health. I don't want to hang around with people that don't want to be around me or don't want to do the work ethos that I've got. And I certainly don't want to be in, uh, taken advantage of by having a strong work ethos and that person being a lazy fucking taking all the credit. I'm not doing it. And that's the importance of looking after yourself. Um, and that's why, you know, it's hard, like you say, you know, I've, I've, I've had some really... I've had a really big negative this week, really big. That PTSD episode was fucking hugely negative, but I've tried to spin it around. And like I said, I fully apologised. I came in and took her, um, took her out for a meal the next day, um, flowers, chocolates, the lot, and just really said sorry. I was like, I, I didn't mean to treat you like that. I said, that was 100% on me. I said, it's, it's so uncontrollable, though. I can't, and she's, she's, she literally looked at me and said, you didn't say anything hurtful. You did put me under a lot of stress. And there's no way out of it if we need to go places to do these this sort of things. And that was the reality of it is it got that bad that it's like, and, and then when I came back, I spoke to my dad about it. And he went, well, next time you go, son, invite me and your mum. We'll come along and I'll drive. And I was like, oh, he said, you can just sit in the back. Then. You don't have to look at the fucking road. And I went, that's what I need. <laughs> that's literally what I need. And I was like, I'm not going to go somewhere with missus and sit in the back. And you shouldn't have to avoid things. But again, it's that nurturing thing. Anyway, I, I fucking, I keep doing this. I'm closing down and I'm like, I'm for another 10 minutes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> anyway, I hope you've uh, enjoyed listening to the dulcet tones of James Dean Little John. And like I said, life's a, life's a journey. We do make mistakes. Apps are fucking lootly. Um, you know, I, I, I picked up on negative scenarios, probably spoken. And like I said, I was reflecting quite heavily. On, uh, on the past over this last few weeks and because I'm developing my reflection skills uh, I'm doing it with a lot of things and I'm unearthing I'm digging around in my brain it's almost like as a fucking um, archaeologist in there you know he's fucking picking away and he's just fucking come across a, a fork from um, you know 19 fucking uh, no not even 19 like 16 we're gonna go we, we're gonna spin the fucking 9 and 6 like 1624 you know, he's digging old shit up and then and we're, and we're juggling it around now. We're playing with it and we're looking at it and we're going, ooh, can you take anything from that, James? Yeah, you're a fucking prick. <laughs> anyway, finish on that note. Anyway, yes, I hope you've enjoyed the time uh, that spent with me. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Have an amazing rest of the weekend if you've listened to this soon or amazing rest of the time. Just keep spread that positivity and keep working on yourself. And I'm looking at that's a positive anecdote there. I'm not saying work on yourself like you're fucking oh, you piece of shit. Just keep working on yourself inwardly. Look inwardly first. Okay, because it, because you you might around you will be, and I know it is. 
Um, I get it all the time. Around you will be a fucking like a wall of fire where you're burning fucking everybody with your attitude or the way you're dealing with things. And I don't say again, it's not a negative. That's the, the reality of mental health. So just make sure you look at yourself and then start working your way out healing those fucking areas and, and unpicking the weeds and chucking away and then you want to get to that fucking end that end goal with a beer in your hand looking at your fucking lush grass and that's where you need and you get happy then you chilled out you know you've fucking done you've done it and the people around you are fucking just flocking over for the barbecue ambitions are here baby have a good one take care and i love you all